This morning, we are going to be talking about eradicating the blessing blockers from your life. Eradicating the blessing blockers from your life. Again, I told you, I'm so excited about this teaching. Why? Because anytime the Lord allows me the opportunity to share something uh, that seems so simple, that can absolutely revolutionize people's lives, I just get excited about doing it. And so I'm going to try to contain myself. I'm going to try to uh, teach this in a systematic way. But I'm so excited because I know what God can do when he sends forth a word and we're able to receive that word. You know, as we get ready to do this, I had uh, something on my notes I did mention, and I need to do that real quick. If you had a birthday in January, February or March, the first quarter of this year, Fellowship of Champions wants to wish you a very happy birthday. We want to wish you a very happy birthday. We want to say to you, praise God for another year. We want to say we were excited uh, that you've gotten to celebrate in this first quarter. And I, I was remiss to, to I missed that on my notes, but I don't want to go further without saying that. So if you had a birthday, happy birthday. In fact, if you had a birthday, go ahead and put in the comment section, happy birthday to me. We'll know that you're one of the ones who had a birthday in January. I had one, February. Passion had one, March. Pastor Ralph had one. I'm sure many other of you did as well, Pastor Chris. So just let us know that you had a birthday. I got some people on here. Etoy, I believe today is your birthday. So happy birthday to you. And thank you for joining us on your birthday. I think I got that right. And also uh, yesterday, I believe, was uh, Minister Chandra's birthday. And I think I got I think they got that right. So everybody who's experiencing a birthday, everybody who's going around uh, this rock one more time, we call Earth. Praise God for you. Happy birthday to all of you who are saying happy birthday to me as well. Yes, yes, yes. Happy birthday to you, Leslie. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Miss. Happy birthday to everyone who's on there saying happy birthday to me. I, I love you guys. All right. Let's get into uh, this word. Eradicating the blessing blockers from your life. Now, why is this important? I am a firm believer that if something is happening in my life that is going contrary to what the word of God says, I do not blame God. My first response is to always look at my own life, what is in my life, what I'm allowing in my life, and what I'm doing in my life. Because what I have realized over the 50 years that I have been on this earth is that God is not the problem. If there's something happening or not happening in my life, it is not because God is withholding something from me. God is not doing something to me in order to try to stress me out. And so this morning, we want to we want to talk about how do we as individuals, what's our part to play? How do we eradicate the blessing blockers? from our life. I'm going to begin in Matthew chapter 13, and I want to just talk to you about Matthew chapter 13 for just a moment, and then I want you to see something. But if you begin to read Matthew chapter 13, here's what you will find. Matthew chapter 13, most of you know, is all about the parable of the sower. It's all about the parable of the sower. In the first nine verses in, in Matthew chapter uh, 13, what we find is that Jesus is speaking to this crowd of people. His disciples are there. Uh, the crowd is so large. He gets into a boat. He pushes out into the water. The crowd is standing on the shore and Jesus begins to talk to them about the type of ground 
that a farmer sows his seed into. He begins to, to speak in, 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 in story form. He begins to, to tell what we know as parables. And after he's done, he says something in verse nine. He says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever has ears, he, pre he teaches them something. And he says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. That is literally what I want you to, to hone in on this morning. When I start teaching this morning, I'm saying, if you have ears to hear this, then hear this. How do you get the ears to hear the word of God? You have to hear them through spiritual ears. His disciples then asked him, they said, Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you talk to them in parables? And Jesus said, because it is given unto you, talking to his disciples, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He says, but to them, it is not given. And so the same thing is true. As a born again believer, there are certain things that you have privilege to know that other people don't have privilege to know. He says, but the only way to ascertain those things is to understand them spiritually. He says it is for them not to know, but it is for you to know because you've been given the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. He then goes on and he spends a couple of verses and he explains to them further about why he speaks to them in parables uh, to, to invoke their understanding. And then he says something in Matthew chapter 15, which I want us to focus on today. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. He's talking to the disciples about the people who are standing on the shore. And he says, for this people's heart is waxed gross. In other words, these people heart, they have a covering over it that doesn't allow it to be palatable to what I'm saying. <clears throat> he says, their ears have become dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Now, watch what he says. He says their ears have become dull from hearing. Why? Because their heart has waxed gross. He says, and then their eyes, their spiritual eyes, they themselves have closed them. He says, but that's not the end of the story. He says, at any time, at any time, no matter what's going on around them, no matter what's happening in the economy, no matter what's happening on their job, no matter what's happening with them personally, he says at any time they should see with their eyes and they should hear with their ears and they should understand with their heart. Watch this. He says they should be what? Converted or they should be changed. He says, what are they going to be changed into? The word that they see with their eyes the words that they hear with their ears and the word they understand with their heart. He says they're going to be changed or converted. And when that happens, he says, I, the Lord God, should heal them. Why is that important? He says, because hearing and seeing and understanding is not about a certain time. It's about when you decide it needs to happen. It's about when you decide it needs to happen. When you decide today is the day I'm going to hear the word of God. Today is the day I'm going to see the word of God. Today is the day I'm going to understand the word of God. And as a result, today, I'm going to be changed. He said, because at any time you can see, hear, and understand, you can be changed into that which you see, hear, and understand. Now, why is that important? Because in Hebrews chapter four, he talks about the importance of hearing the word. He talks in, about the importance of, of becoming transformed by that word. Hebrews chapter four, verse one and two says this. It says, therefore, while the promise of entering 
his rest still holds and is offered today. We're reading out the Amplified Version. It says, let us then be afraid to distrust it. What does that mean? He says the promise that he gave the Israelites that they were going to enter into his rest, that there were going to be things that he was going to do for them that they couldn't do for themselves, that there was going to be eternal life that he was going to give them that they couldn't earn themselves. He says literally that same promise of entering into that kind of rest with the Lord, it still holds true today. It still holds true. He said it is still offered to everyone who's willing to see hear and understand. He says, therefore, we should be afraid to distrust it. In other words, it, it, should, it shouldn't scare us to trust God. If it's going to scare anything, it should scare us not to trust God. He says, he says, this is important because he says, least any of you should think that he has come too late. Or he has come short of reaching it. No matter what situation you are going through, you're like, well, God, I'm 40 years old. I'm 45. I'm 50. I'm 55. God, I'm 60 years old. And I'm just now getting this revelation. He said, it doesn't matter when you get it. He says, you have not come too late and you have not come up short. If you are willing to hear, if you are willing to see, if you are willing to understand this rest that I have made available since I went to the cross is still available to you. Verse two, he says this, he says, for indeed, we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old did when God's good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. He said the same word that came to them about getting them out of bondage is the same word I'm speaking to you in 2022. He says, I gave you a guiding word that I'm taking you out of bondage. He says, don't stop thinking that you came too late. Stop thinking that you came up short. He says that same uh, gospel that was proclaimed to them has been proclaimed to you. He said, but here's the problem. <clears throat> the message that they heard did not benefit them. Why did it not benefit them? Because it was not mixed with faith. They heard a word about being delivered. They, they were excited about the word, but it didn't benefit them. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith. So you heard a word about how God is going to cause victories to come into your life in 2022. And they were going to come so fast, one on top of another. They were going to make your head spin. But it's been January. It's been February. It's been March. And now you're maybe starting to question whether or not that word was for you. It was for you, but you got to mix that word with faith. What is faith? He said it's the leaning on of the entire personality of God in absolute trust and confidence in what? His power, his wisdom, and his goodness. His power, his wisdom, and his goodness. It says by those who heard it. So when we hear word, and you're going to hear word today, and my job today is to provoke you to believe. That's why I showed up this morning to provoke you to believe that what God has said for us at Fellowship of Champions is not just words, but they are truly his best laid plans for our life. It says neither were they united in faith. Now watch this. He says they didn't mix their faith with trusting and relying on God. He said, but also they didn't even unite their faith with those who heard it and proclaimed it to them, which was Joshua and, Clay, and Caleb. In other words, listen, if you have a hard time saying, well, I don't know if I can, if I can, if I believe the word is for me, 
at least believe me telling you is for you. <laughs> I, I'm telling you this word is for you. The Bible says you believe on God and you will be established, but you believe on his prophet and you shall prosper. I am telling you the word that we have been stressing since January is for you and it's not too late. Somebody go ahead and type in the comment section. Say this word is for me. Say this word is for me. That's right, Santrisha. This word is for me. This word is for me. I don't care what I've been feeling in January. I don't care what I've been feeling in February. I don't care what I've been feeling in March. Today, on April the 3rd of 2022, I'm shifting. Today, I'm, I'm, I'm making a decision. No, I, I got caught up in some stuff I shouldn't have been caught up in. I got some feelings of self-doubt. I, I, I'm going back to the word. I'm going back to the word. Go ahead and type that in the comment section. Say, I'm going back to the word, back to the word, not just the word, but the specific word that he gave us at Fellowship of Champions. So let's take a moment this morning and let's remember our guiding word. I know you see it scroll every time we do the broadcast. I'm hopeful that you spent time reading it. I'm hopeful that you have spent time really looking at it and understanding what that word says. That word was grounded in a scripture that he gave us in Isaiah 41, 10 and 13. Isaiah 41, verse 10 and verse 13. Here's what it says. It says, do not fear anything. Do not fear anything, for I am with you. He says, do not be afraid, for I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you and be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, of power, of victory, and of salvation. Verse 13 says, for I, the Lord, your God, keep hold of your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. See, that's the reason I told you that you had to keep reading this word over and over and over. Because if you let this word slip, you're not able to mix it with faith. And then the word that was preached doesn't benefit you, just like the word that was preached to the Israelites didn't benefit them when it wasn't mixed with faith. Not only was it not mixed with faith, they didn't believe God and they didn't believe the people telling them what God had said. I am telling you this morning, God wants to blow your mind. God wants to do things for you that you only ever dreamed about. And then he wants to exceed the dream further than you ever had. I can't tell you that there are things that I have been declaring literally since 2001. There are things I've been declaring since 2001. And this, in the next nine months, I believe is the opportunity for God to make all of those things come true. And a lot of people say, well, oh, my goodness, you've been you've been saying the same thing since 2001 and you ain't seen it yet. What's the alternative to stop saying what God has said so that I never see what God said? You cannot let time wear you out. You cannot allow time to wear you out. God says, don't fear. I will help you. He says, don't fear anything. I am with you. He says, don't be afraid. I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you and I will help you. Now, when he gave us that word, when he gave us this foundational scripture, then what we started to do is we started to look at, okay, he gave us this guiding word that I shared with you in January. I'm not going to share all of it, but there are some pieces I want us to look at this morning. Look at this. 
the first part of the, the, the guiding word he gave us says this. It says, for I am in the midst of all concerning thee. He says, I'm in the midst of it. Whatever is going around you, whatever is happening in you, whatever is happening for you or against you, he says, don't think I'm absent. I am here. I am in the midst of all of this concerning you. He says, for these are the days that I have prepared you for. It says, you are blessed, you are ready, and you win. He, he, he said this before trouble ever showed up. He says, I'm in the midst of you. And because I'm in the midst of you, glory to God, I don't care if trouble comes, you're still winning. I don't care if trouble comes, you're still ready. I don't care if trouble comes, you're still blessed. Why? Because I'm in the middle of everything concerning you. And therefore, you don't have to fear. You don't have to worry about coming up short. You don't have to worry about coming up with, with, without. Why? Because I, the Lord God, will help you. That's what he says. I, the Lord God, will help you. And then he says to us, as a result of that, then don't panic. He says, don't be in a panic. He says, don't be in a rush. Don't be in fear. And most importantly, watch this, don't get out of love. Don't let the cares of this world get you out of love. Don't, don't allow circumstances to cause you to doubt my love for you. And then in turn, you doubt your love for me. He says, do not allow anything to get you out of love. Why? Because we know that faith only works by love. And if, he, if the enemy can get you out of love, he can get you out of faith. If you can't mix your faith with God's words, then you come up empty, even though God has great promises for you. He says, don't be in a panic. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in fear and don't get out of love. These coming days are the days that you have prayed for. I have underlined that so many times since 2001. I ain't afraid to tell you. I have declared and I have said I am out of debt. My needs are met. I have plenty more to put in store. I've said that so many times I can't count since 2001. And I am telling you that what God is doing in the life of Edwin and Sean Strickland right now is not just getting ready for us to, to say that spiritually. I mean, it's manifesting. It is manifesting. Why? Because he said these coming days are the days that you prayed for. Lord, 2022 is what I've been praying for and declaring since 2001. 21 years. And I'm telling you, I'm going to see it happen in my life this year. I wish I had 50 people, just 50. I don't even need 500. I wish I had 50 people who would declare, I will see God's glory this year. I wish I had 50 people, just 50 of y'all who said, I will see God's glory in my life this year. I believe it. It's what the word says. He says, know this, I am here to see you through. He says, I am the one here to see you through. I just need you to get on the path. I'm going to be your guiding light. I'm going to be the light that shows you where to go. I'm going to light up the path so you know where to step, so you don't step in a pothole, so you don't uh, fall in a ditch. I am the Lord God who is in the midst of thee, and I am the one who's going to show you where to go. I'm going to see you through. He says, and even if you see trouble, and I love this. He says, even if you even if you see it, because we know that being born again doesn't exempt us from life's troubles. He says, but even if you see trouble, he says, remember, for every circumstance that shall come your way, you are already blessed. You are ready 
and you win. No trouble can befall you. No trouble can befall you. Oh, well, Pastor Edwin, that seems pretty arrogant to say. I'm saying what God said. If it's arrogant, you got to take that up with God. He said, no trouble shall befall me. That even if I happen to see it with my own eyes, even if I happen to see it, he says, remember this, even every circumstance that comes my way, I'm still ready. Every circumstance that comes my way, I'm already blessed. Every circumstance that comes my way, at the end of it, I win. I'm saying what God said. And as a result, he says, when you get that mind frame, glory to God, when you get a mind frame like that, he says, watch your victory start to pile up. He says, and as your victories pile up through this year. Now watch this. God would have never said, as your victories pile up through this year, if he already knew I wasn't going to have some victories. So I'm going to go ahead and give God some praise for the victories I can't even see yet. I'm going to go ahead and praise God for what's going to happen in April. I'm going to go ahead and, and thank him for what's going to happen in May and June and July. I'm going to go ahead and give God a praise for, for August, September, October, November, and December. I'm going to go ahead and give him praise for these next nine months because I know some amazing things are going to take place in my life because he told me as they pile up, glory to God, as they pile up through this year. He says, remember that you did not create these victories because of your own efforts. That's right. I didn't. I didn't. I ain't smart enough. I don't. I don't have enough connections. I. I. I don't. I don't come from the right pedigree to do all this myself. What I do know is that when I put my hand in God's hand and God makes me a promise, as long as I don't release His hand, those promises will come to pass in my life. I will live and see the blessings of the Lord in my life in the land of the living, and I will get to declare those blessings and be a blessing to others as a result of those. He says, know this, you didn't create these victories because of your own efforts. He said, these victories were already given to you by me. They were already, so if they already given, somebody ought to give God some praise. It's about 80 some of y'all on here right now. You ought to be giving God some praise right now. Well, Pastor Edwin, I didn't get the job. You ought to be giving God some praise right now. Oh, but I didn't get as much money as I thought I was going to get. You ought to be giving God some praise right now. But the doctor report wasn't what it said. But you ought to be giving God some praise right now. Do you hear me? Give God some praise. Give God some, give some heart. Give some fire. Why? Because we ain't studying what no circumstances look like. We don't care about what reports are coming out about the economy. We don't care what the enemy is telling us about how he's going to tear up our marriages. We don't care what the enemy says he's getting our kids into. God made us a promise for 2022. And he knew before the beginning of time where we were going to be in this situation. And if he didn't want this promise to come to pass, he never had to decree it. But since he did, I'm going to receive it. Since God said it, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to see it with my eyes and I'm going to give him praise before it ever manifests because I already received it in the spirit realm. He says, so as you carry yourself throughout this year, he says, move with purpose, move with purpose. I had to go back and underline this for some things he's telling me to do. He, he, he's telling me, don't be afraid. I, I've told you to do them. I told you it's going to work out. I've told you how I want to do it. He said, now I need you to move with purpose. Stop being scared. Stop being worrisome. He says, and get the fear out of your life. Move with purpose, but do it without fear. He says, carry yourself. How do you carry yourself? In the power of the Lord. Carry yourself throughout this year and move with purpose and do it without fear. 
That's the guiding word that he gave it to us. That's right, Latonya. I already receive it. Absolutely. I already receive it. What I'm doing is thanking God that he's reminding me about what he's already done. So this, we, 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 we started talking about how God wants to uh, do great things for us. God wants to cause us to, to progress. And again, we're just revisiting some of this as I talk about eradicating these blessing blockers, right? I want to get you set up so when I start to talk about them, you can recognize them. And if they're happening in your life, you can get them out of your life real quick. Let's look at Proverbs 4 and 12 in the Amplified. Proverbs 4, 12 in the Amplified says this. It says, when you walk. God says, carry yourself throughout this year. He says, move with purpose. He says, and do it without fear. Proverbs comes back and says, when you walk, your step shall not be hampered. Your path will be clear and open. And when you run, you shall not stumble. He says, listen, God is clearing the debris out of your pathway. God is taking all the pitfalls out. He's covered up any potholes in your life. He says, and if you will run on this path, when you walk, he says, your steps won't even be hampered. He says, your path is going to be clear and open. And when you run, you shall not stumble. In the Passion Translation, he says it like this. He says, your progress will have no limits when you come along with me. You're, somebody write this. Just, just, just hashtag no limits. Just hashtag no limits. No limits. He says, your progress will have no limits when you come along with me and you will never stumble. Oh, glory to God. He said, never. He said, never. You will never stumble when? As you walk along what? The way. Not, not your way, not a way. He says, but when you walk along the way I've told you to walk, when you move with purpose, the way I've told you to move with purpose, he says, when you go through life without fear, he says, when you carry yourself in the word of God, he says, when you're on that path, there will be no limits for your progress. Glory to God. He says, and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. Listen, I told you I was going to try to calm myself down, but this, if you don't preach like this to yourself, I don't know how you stay motivated when the world is trying to take everything that God has said away from you. You got to go back to that word. You got to trust God enough to say, God said no limits. If God said no limits, then there is no limits on my life. Listen, we declared that this is our year of great progress. We said that this is our year of great progress. Go ahead and type it in the comment section. Say, this is my year of great progress. This is my year of great progress. And as a result, there will be no limits to my progress. That's right, Miss Wallace. Go back to the word. Go back to the word. That's right, Etoy. God said no limits. If God says no limits, I'm agreeing with God. I am agreeing with God. This is my year of great progress. I went back and I was re I was reading some of the things we were saying in 2021. And in 2021, when we first started the fast and we started doing uh, Champion Circle, there were a couple of things we were declaring uh, almost every week. And I went back because I was like, God, you know, you did some amazing things in 2021. And what you're talking about doing in 2022 is even greater. So I had to go back and revisit. And here are some things I want us to, to start reincorporating into our life. And that is that in 2022, 2022 is a year of supernatural release. 
both as a church and as individuals. This is a year of supernatural release. That wasn't just a 2021 word. That wasn't just a 2020. This is a year of supernatural release. God is wanting to do more in 2022 than he did in 2021. And I will tell you that personally, in my own life, especially in the financial realm, God is showing out in my life. He has given me avenues. He has he's spoken to my heart. He's changed my perception on some things. And 2022 is going to be a banner year. I wish I had 50 people to join me in believing that the 2022 is going to be a banning year. Why? Because in 2022, it's going to still be the year of amazing surprises. It's going to be the year of amazing surprises for both us as a church and as individuals, as partners of this ministry. 2022 is a year of amazing surprises, amazing surprises. What kind of surprises? Millionaires are going to be developed in 2022. There are going to be things set in place. People, jobs that people have been trusting and believing God for are coming to pass. Job, uh, 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 salaries that exceed what you are asking for is going to, it's going to be past that. That's right. 2022 will also be a year of supernatural prosperity in every area, both as a church and as individuals. It's a year of supernatural release. It's a year of supernatural prosperity and a year of amazing surprises. And if you can't believe that, then you're never going to see it in your life. You have to receive this word first. How do you receive it? In your heart. Believing is a choice. Believing is a choice. You make the decision to believe. That's right, Malia. The job is yours. We declare it in Jesus' name. The job is yours. It is yours. 2022, that's right, Angie. 2022 is a banner year. It is going to be a banner year. It's going to be a year for the record books. It won't be the best year of my life, but it will be the best year so far. Praise God. Because it it's going to get better and better and better. But 2022 will be a year to write about. So here's the question. Here's the question you got to ask yourself. Are you experiencing supernatural release? Are you experiencing these amazing surprises? Are you experiencing supernatural prosperity in every area of your life? And are you experiencing a delay in receiving the desires of your heart? Because if you are experiencing any of those things, then you got to stop and ask yourself, is it because God lied? Is it because God was, was tricking me? Is it because God wanted me to look like a fool? No, 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 no. If you're not experiencing supernatural release, you say, I ain't seen nothing, Pastor, in, in the whole three months of this year. If you're not experiencing amazing surprises in your life, if you're not experiencing supernatural prosperity in every area, and if you are experiencing what you seem to call delay from receiving the desires of your heart, you have to ask the question, why? Because here's what I know, and I started off with this this morning. Numbers 23 and 19 says this. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? It says, or has he spoken and will he not make it good? In other words, if God made a promise and the promise ain't coming to pass, it's not because God lied. So then I have to go back and check my own self. See, some of y'all want to check God before you check yourself. You're like, well, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Have you, though? 
Have you really done everything you're supposed to do? Because if you think the problem is God, that's the problem. Let me say that again. If you think the problem is God, that is the problem. The problem is that you think it's God and not you. So what you really have to do is go back and say, God, I'm open to find out if there's anything on the line blocking me from receiving what you've promised. I'm open to see if there's anything in my life that maybe I just wasn't aware of, that maybe I just wasn't aware of. Maybe I'm not aware of it. And as a result, I, I, I see some things that are, are, are blocking me. Now, understand this. There is God's perfect timing. But it's also important to determine whether you're waiting for his timing or if the delay is in seeing the things we are declaring is a hindrance of our own doing. Let me say that again. Yes, God has perfect timing. Yes, God has a timing that says this is supposed to happen then. But there are some things I believe that get delayed in our life that is a result of us and our own practices that hinder us from receiving the things of God. Let me use an example. If you have a child and that child is 16 or 17 years old, that child does well in school, that child is respectful, that child doesn't break curfew, that child doesn't lie and deceive and hide things from you, and you have the opportunity to give that child a car, more than likely you are going to give that child a car. Why? Because they're old enough, they've passed the test, they, they're responsible, and you have the means to do so. But let's take the other kid who is the same age, but they lie all the time. They always break curfew. You can't trust them. They always doing something in school they're not supposed to do. And they too want a car. Maybe they've passed the test, but you know they're reckless. You know they don't do things that they're supposed to. They stay out past their curfew. Even if you had the means to buy them a car, most parents wouldn't buy them a car. And if the child said, well, why won't you buy me a car? I'm old enough. The timing is right. I got my license. I did some things right. What you would say is, I can't trust you. I can't trust you to be out there in the world without me with my finger on you doing what you're supposed to because you've demonstrated to me your untrustworthiness. You've demonstrated to me that I can't allow you to have this privilege because you constantly abuse a lesser privilege. Ooh-wee. See, you, you, you want God to elevate you to the next level. You want God to take you where God wants to take you, but you won't be faithful over the things he's told you you're supposed to be controlling first. And so because we know, praise God, that God is going to do his part, the question always comes back to, am I doing my part? And so this morning, we want to take a look at what we can do to ensure that we are eradicating blessing blockers from our lives so that we don't hinder but rather we expedite the manifestation. We, 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 my, my daughter, my daughter is, is 15 and, and she wanted a hardship license. She didn't really need a hardship license per se. Uh, she qualified for one, but she didn't necessarily need one. But she understood that if she got the hardship, that her parents would probably get her a car. 
And, and, and I, I noticed over the year prior to her getting the car, her attitude changed. <laughs> She, she, she started she started being a bit more respectful. Not that she was disrespectful, but the respect level increased. The responsibility increased. The yes, sir, and the no, sir, and the yes, ma'am, and the no, ma'am, and the, and the I'm willing to help out without being asked started to increase. Uh-huh. Why? She was trying to set herself up so that when the timing was right, she wasn't blocking her blessing of getting a car. Oh, I wish some of y'all would get this. Some of y'all, your blessing is available to you right now, but there's some things that you're doing where you haven't matured. That's right, Leslie. You haven't matured, and you and because you haven't matured, it hadn't gotten you to the place of receiving yet. But some of you are going to hear me this morning, and you're going to change. You're going to stop having to wait for God to ask you to pray for somebody, and it's just going to be in your heart to pray. You're going to have to stop waiting for you to have a financial crisis for you to be faithful in your tithing. You're just going to start tithing. You, you're going to have to, you're going, you're going to get away and be on from that. Well, I guess I'll come to service if I don't have anything to do. And you're going to be like, nope, I'm a partner of FOC and I show up because the man of God said show up to service and don't miss one. Mm -hmm. and, and when you get to that point, that maturity level starts to increase. You'll be amazed at what you're able to receive. So let's let's check out some of these blessing blockers that, that we have in our lives and let's talk about how we can get rid of them and then I'm going to get out your way. Number 1, you got to check the lens you use to see. You got to check the lens you use to see. If the manifestation of your dreams has been delayed especially for a long time, you can start to see everything through a lens of cynicism, through negativity, through doubt, through fear and unbelief. You got to check how you're seeing things. You got to go back and ask yourself, OK, let's be honest. When I hear pastor talk about the year of great progress, does, does, a, does a negative feeling come over me because I really don't believe that? You got to check the lens. It is dangerous because it can actually cause you to miss your answer. When you have a when you when you see wrong, it can cause you to miss your answer. It's why in the prophetic word, the guiding word that God gave us, he says, if you happen to see trouble. Because he understands that if you're really tuned into him, even when trouble comes, you won't see it. He says, but if you happen to get out of that, you happen to see it. He says, still know I'm with you. See, understand something. Long-term disappointment can cloud your vision. Long-term disappointment clouds your vision. That's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to cloud your vision. He wants to allow time and disappointment to get you to stop trusting God. If the manifestation of your dreams has been delayed, then you need to go back and get with the Lord and ask him to help you to stir up the spirit of expectancy. You need to stir up that spirit of expectancy. God, help me to believe like when I first believed. And don't let yourself speak doubt-filled negative words. Listen, every time you speak a negative word, it's like filling up a pitcher of water. You may, you may have a pitcher, you may have a gallon jug and, 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 and maybe the water only comes out of drip and you think, oh, it's going to be forever to fill up this gallon. But do you know if over time with consistency, you let one drop of water fall into a gallon jug, that over time that gallon jug will fill up? That's what the enemy wants to do to you. Oh, he know you full of faith today. He know that you are a highly favored and blessed of the Lord today. He just wants to add a drip of negativity. And then on Monday, he just wants to add one more. On Tuesday, he wants to add one more. And then before you know it, we finished the year at the end of June and you spent six months filling yourself up with negativity. 
You spent six months filling yourself up with negativity. And the enemy's been wearing you out. Why? He wants to wear you out because he wants that long-term disappointment to begin to cloud your vision. That's why you got to be able to celebrate even the small things God does for you. I was going to the store the other day and it was packed. And I was like, why are all these people at the store? I need them to go home so I can go in and get what I need and get back and watch the basketball game. And as I felt myself starting to be negative, I said, Lord, you always provide a parking space for me. I hit the turn. As I hit the turn, I saw brake lights coming out from the second spot from the front. I said, God, you always take care of me. I appreciate you. I gave God a praise like he had gave me a million dollars. That car pulled out and I pulled right into that parking space. Why? Because God is concerned about everything that concerns you. He is the God of the parking space. <laughs> he is the God of the parking space. If he can be the God of the toilet paper for Pastor Cynthia, he can be the God of the parking space for me. What is he the God of for you? What is he the God of for you? What has God done for you that you almost let slip and forgot to give him praise for? Amen. Come on, somebody. Put in the comment section. He is the God of, and then tell us what he's the God of for you. Maybe he was the God of the appointment for you. You were trying to get an appointment, and everybody said you couldn't get an appointment, but when you called, they gave you one. That happened with us when we went on vacation. We called three, four, five different groomers uh, and boarding places for our two dogs and our cat. And I'm telling you, they all, this was, we didn't wait to the last minute. This was a month or so out. They was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't have no space. My wife picked up the phone. She calls a place that I had already called. They had already told me no. She said, have you called? And she named the, the business. And I said, yeah, but they told me no. She said, I feel like the Lord said, call again. I said, well, if the Lord said call again, call again. She called again. And guess what? Somebody had canceled that morning. That morning. And so we were able to take both the two dogs and the cat to the place and board them and go on vacation. Why? Because he's the God of vacation, too. <laughs> That's why he's the God of rest. I love reading me. Praise God, Latonya. He's the God of Hamilton tickets. Those things were hard to come by. When I saw you said you was taking your daughter, I was like, praise God. Because I saw people lamenting the fact they couldn't get tickets. Amen. He's the God of new beginnings. Amen. He's the God of favor. Praise God. I mean, that's right. He's the God of vacation for sure. He's the God of healing and restoration. See, sometimes you just need to pause and give God some praise. Y'all ought to give God some heart and some fire in this place. He's the God of interviews. That's right. He's the God who will be there to answer every question that they ask you. Glory to God. He's the God of the turnaround. He's the God of the babysitters. He Listen, he is the God, praise God of babysitters for sure. He's the God of healing. That's right, Robert. We're praying for you, brother. He is the God of healing. He's the God of restoration. He's the God of provision. Ooh, glory to God. See, y'all supposed to be helping me calm down. Y'all taking me to another level. He's the God of the next level. He's the, he's the God who regulates your mind. Sometimes you just have to rehearse who God is for you. I've been saying he's the God of the wealth builder. He, he's the God, he's been, he's helped me be a wealth. He's the God of the wealth builder. He's the God of recompense. That's right. He will repay Praise God. He's the God. He's the God of last minute hotels. <laughs> Listen, whatever you need him to be, glory to God. He says, I will be in the midst of you. <laughs> so you just got to check the lens at which you see. Listen, Psalm 62, Psalm 62. Y'all got me hyped now. Psalm 62, five through six. He says, my soul wait thou only upon God for my expectation 
is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and I shall not be moved. My expectation comes from him. Listen, let's go ahead and let's go to number two. Number two, how do you, how do you eradicate the blessing blockers from your life? You have to eliminate unforgiveness and bitterness. Unforgiveness and bitterness is the secret tool the enemy uses to anchor you down. You don't even realize it, but just like an anchor can hold a ship in place, unforgiveness and bitterness will hold you into place. Even if you have everything else in your life spiritually lined up, any traces of unforgiveness, any traces of bitterness will make those things obsolete. You hear me? You can have, you can be a tither. You can be a prayer. You can be a server. You can be a preacher. You can be a singer. You can take care of kids. All of that stuff that you do, even all the spiritual understanding you may have. If you don't deal with unforgiveness and bitterness, it will anchor you to where you currently are. You will not be able to move forward into the things of God. That's because faith doesn't work without love. And love is an active in an unforgiving heart. Love is not active in an unforgiving heart. And because love is not active in an unforgiving heart, your faith doesn't work. Even though you're quoting the right scriptures, even though you're saying the right things. So you got to make sure that you eliminate unforgiveness and bitterness out of your heart. Let's look at 1 John 4, 18. 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. For fear, to do, for fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. I like the voice translation. It says it very simply like this. It says, love will never invoke fear. Perfect love expels fear. He said, you, that, that's, that's why he told us in the guiding word. He says, what, don't panic. He says, don't fear. But what did he also say? Don't get out of love. Don't get out of love. Why? Because if you get out of love, and, and some people think getting out of love, he's talking about just loving him. No, no, no. If you have an alt with your brother, if you have an alt with your sister, you can't allow that bitterness and unforgiveness. Watch this. Even if they did something that was wrong to you, I'm not saying you have to go back and be their best friend. What I'm saying is you have to be able to let it go. You have to be able to give it to God. You have to be able to not have that bitterness and, and unforgiveness of unresolved issues in your life. Because if you do, they attack your heart. And if it attacks your heart, your heart, meaning the place of, of God, is where your faith works. Faith does not work without love. So then you got to take the time to forgive by faith. I know it may be hard, but Pastor Edwin, you don't know what they did to me. Oh, I get it. I've had some folk do some stuff to me that, 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 that made me want to act like Will Smith. I, I didn't do it, but it made me want to do it. Uh, because when folk harm you and folk hurt you, there's a part of you in your flesh that wants to get even. And I'm telling you, I, I, I spent time in my life previously where I harbored these feelings of, of unforgiveness and bitterness. And you know what? It didn't hurt anybody but me. It didn't, they kept living their life. They kept doing what they were doing. They were happy. 
I was the one miserable. I was the one who, who didn't see manifestation taking place in their life. Why? Because I was harboring onto something that the enemy gave me and I attached onto it just like a fish uh, attaching onto a hook. That's what bitterness and, 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 and unforgiveness is. That's right, Malia. God, I forgive. Somebody ought to go ahead and type that in the comment. Whatever, whatever it is, God, today I forgive. I forgive. Well, well, Pastor, I, I, you just don't know. I don't think I can do that today. Well, let's get into number three. Maybe you'll change. Number three, you got to address all areas of disobedience. See, the, we just told you to forgive. You're talking about why you can't. You need to address that area of disobedience in your life. God, I forgive. I let them go. I don't hang on to any. I, 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 it's, it's out of my life. It's out of my life. I'm going to check the lens in which I see things and I'm going to forgive and release all uh, bitterness and unforgiveness. And in the process, I'm giving you permission, Lord, to tell me any other areas in my life, any other areas in my life where I may be disobedient. Disobedience, even on the smallest of levels, will keep you walking round and round in circles, wondering why you aren't arriving at your destination. You can't tolerate any disobedience. Some people don't like to admit that they have things that need fixing in their life, but we all do. We all have things in our life we need to fix. And God doesn't tell us to fix those things because he's trying to be a bad parent. He's telling us to fix those things because he knows those things have the ability to block the blessing he's trying to get to us. So what we got to learn to do is to have the humility to learn to fix the areas of disobedience in our lives. It will absolutely obliterate that blockage that you have that's stopping you from receiving what God has for you. Here's three areas, three areas of disobedience you ought to check for. Because as, as I counsel lots of people, here are the three areas that I, that I see people struggle with, okay? The first area you need to check where, you, where your disobedience is concerned is your love walk. Have, have you forgiven the people who have harmed you? Because here's what you got to remember. Just like you're unwilling to forgive people, there may be some people unwilling to forgive you. So if you want grace, you got to extend grace. This is the most common area of disobedience I find. When I talk to people, it don't matter how long we talk, it usually gets down to they know God told them to do something and whatever it is, they're not doing it. For whatever reason, whatever the excuse, no matter how, how grandiose they think the excuse is or how good it is, they're disobeying God. God says, go back and, 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 and tell that person that you're sorry. But God, they didn't tell me they were sorry first. And I only did what I did because they did it. That ain't what God said. He said, go tell them. So the first area of your life you need to check is your love walk. Here's the second area you need to check. You need to check your finances. What do you mean? You need to be honest with yourself. Are you tithing? Are you sowing? Are you being honest on your taxes? It's tax time. Financial blessings will be blocked if these things aren't in line. Here's what I can't understand. Why would people not trust God with their seed, but then ask him for his harvest? You don't trust God with your seed, but you will ask him for your harvest. Listen, during the pandemic, during the pandemic people got faithful with their tithe. 
when they weren't sure about their job, when they weren't sure about the economy, when they weren't sure how, whether they were going to get coronavirus or not. Oh, my goodness. They were faithful with their time. They were faithful with their soul. When they was looking for a job, they were sowing seeds every week for a job. But now that God has allowed you to get the job, now you're not a tither anymore. Now you don't sow anymore. And yet, but yet you're still asking God to bless you. How can you not trust God with your seed, but then ask him for the harvest? This is a huge blessing blocker for so many people in the body of Christ. Listen, tithing isn't supposed to be uh, like, a, like a fire extinguisher. You only use it in case of an emergency. That's not what tithing is. Tithing is about your dedication and heart to God. That's right. I will always be a tither. I, I, I've said that since 2000. Since 2000, going into 2001, my wife and I made the decision that we wouldn't care if we had to skip every holiday, every birthday. We didn't care. We were never going to miss a tithe. And the results of our life today is a result of doing that very thing. We don't miss an opportunity to tithe and we don't miss an opportunity to sow. So you got to check your love walk and then check your finances. And then lastly, check your words. Check your words. Are you obeying God in the area of speaking life over yourself? Are you negative? Are you doubtful? Are you fearful? Or do you spend your time in a place of positivity? Are you saying encouraging things to yourself and to others? Or are you one of those critical and gossiping people? You got to ask yourself, which one am I? And you got to be self-reflective. And if you can be honest and say, you know what? I found myself, I was hype in January. But the last February, March, I, I just slipped back into my old habits. Okay, fine. But today, declare it's going to be something different and change. Because anytime you can see, anytime you can hear, and anytime you can understand, you can be converted and you can be changed. Right? First Samuel. 12 and 15 says this, but if you will not obey, if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, okay, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be what? Against you. The enemy knows this. He wants you to practice disobedience. He wants you to practice disobedience in your love wall. He wants you to practice disobedience where your finances are concerned. And he wants you to practice disobedience in the area of your words. Why? Because he knows that if you will not obey God in those areas, but rebel against him, then the hand of the Lord will be against you. He wants the hand of the Lord to be against you. He can't make it be against you, but he can convince you to put yourself in a position to be that way. So then you got to make sure you're checking your words. Number four, the fourth thing you need to do if you're going to eradicate the blessing blockers out of your life is you got to cast off the cares of this world. What are the, what are the cares of this world? You got to stop overthinking things. I'll be honest with you. That's my issue. It's one of the things the Lord told me. He said, you got to stop overthinking things. You ask me to do something for you. I tell you what to do in order for it to happen. And then you, with your little smart self, overthink things. It's, it's the cares of the world. I told the Lord one time, I said, well, Lord, if I do this, what if I'm not able to take care of my family? He said, you thought you've been taking care of your family this whole time? He said, it ain't been you, it's been me. You're overthinking it. You're giving yourself too much credit. 
So you got to stop overthinking. You got to stop worrying. You got to stop having anxiety about your finances, about your health, about your job, about your marriage, and about your children. He said, you need to trust me and stop overthinking things. I mean, literally, I asked God for a specific plan to do a specific thing. The Lord told me what to do. And watch what I did. I went to check out to see if the Lord was right. Lord, have mercy. I ain't the only one. I went to see if what the Lord said was right, as though the Lord would have told me something wrong. Because it's not like I didn't know it was his voice. It's that the thing he told me was taking me out of my comfort zone. And so because it was taking me out of my comfort zone, I had to then overthink the process. And some of you, you've been overthinking things. The Lord tells you to apply for a certain job, and then you tell the Lord why you don't qualify. Stop overthinking it. Stop overthinking it. He's the God of the interview. If, he, if, if your resume and your, and, and your cover letter puts you in front of the person, it ain't because it was written so well. It's because God breathed on it and, and he, let, he let the hiring manager see it out of the 300 people who applied. Glory to God. So you got to cast off the cares of this world. This can be a daily struggle. It may not be... Some of us are hardwired because of our past and because of other things that this may be something you have to crucify your flesh in every day. That's me. I can be honest and say it. If I am not careful, I will start to overthink and overanalyze everything. Now, and sometimes to the state of I missed the opportunity that God was giving me because while God was telling me to move with purpose and do not fear, I was moving slowly and had fear, and, and, I, and, I, and I couched it by calling it overthinking. But the reality is I was afraid to move when God said move. Don't allow this to be you. That is a blessing blocker. I have learned to daily eradicate this. Some days I miss it, and when I miss it, I repent, and I get right back on track and say, God, I trust you. You're right. God, I trust you. I overthought that. God, I'm sorry. I'll repent. Give me another opportunity. I won't overthink it next time. This can be a daily struggle, but the bottom line is you can't be in fear and walk in faith at the same time. You cannot be in fear and in faith at the same time. None of us can. I don't care what your title or your position is. You cannot be in faith and in fear at the same time. So in order to obliter obliterate these blessing blockers, you've got to practice. Practice? You mean practice? Yes, practice. You have to practice. You have to practice not overthinking. You have to practice not overworrying. You have to practice not having anxiety. You have to practice trusting God. You have to practice tithing. You got to practice giving. You got to practice restoring that marriage. You got to practice loving on those kids, even when they're acting unlovable. Practice. I wish I had that Allen Iverson clip. I'd show it to you. Practice. Come on, man. We talking about practice. Yes, we talking about practice. We still talking about, that's right, Nietzsche. We still talking about practice. How do I practice? I practice by number one, I start by praising God. I start by praising God. When you worship and praise him, you move over into a place of acknowledging who he is. And you take your focus off of your troubles and you put them onto him. So practice praising God. Make praising God become a practice. God, I thank you. You're just riding down the road. God, I thank you. 
I got stopped at a red light the other day that I was really trying to make it through. And I and, and I almost got in a, in a place of, oh, this is, I need to hurry up and get there. And I, and I remembered. And so I practiced praise and worship. I said, God, I thank you that you allowed this red light to stop me. Because I don't know what's on the other side of that red light and what could have been happening, what could have been waiting on me. But I know you are God who loves me and I know you are God who wants to keep me safe. So I thank you for letting me get stopped by the red light. Totally changed my perspective. Totally changed everything I was thinking. And it gave me an opportunity to practice, to practice praising God. What's the second thing you got to practice? You got to practice knowing the word. Make a list of scriptures that you can quickly reference for any situation. You, you, you got to get that word in you because it's just like an orange. It, when you squeeze an orange, you don't get pineapple juice. You don't get apple juice. You don't get grape juice. The only thing you get when you squeeze an orange is orange juice. So if, if, if you got the world in you, when pressure comes and squeezes you, the only thing that's going to come out of you is the world. But if you're full of the word, even when something happens, before you can even think about the right thing to say, you will get squeezed and the right thing will come up out of you. The word will come up out of you. And then the third thing you need to practice is practice talking to your fear. Fear is going to always try to come because that's what the enemy wants to have happen. But the devil is the author of fear and he's the author of confusion. So you have to resist him. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do you resist him? You resist him by opening up your mouth and saying something out loud like, look, fear, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Go and don't come back. Go and don't come back here no more. Oh, Pastor, that sounds silly. I know it sounds silly, but, it, but, but if you don't do it, fear is going to keep coming and coming and coming. You have to expel it. You have to speak to it. Amen? And so you got to make sure that you are casting off the cares of the world. Listen, especially in this area that we're living in, you know, the, the, the pandemic is still real. We don't hear about people dying from it as much because not because people aren't still dying, but they stop reporting. You know, the, the, the people are going back to the whole not wearing masks. And I get it that we've got a lot of people vaccinated and that's good. But listen, that, that, that still wears on people. Right. So you got to you got to you got to make the best decision for you, but hopefully based on good information, good science, knowing what your doctors have said about your own pre-existing conditions. And then you got to trust God to keep you safe. You got to trust God to keep you safe. And then the last thing, number five. Here's how we eradicate these blessing blockers out of our, out of our lives. You got to rid yourself of religious traditions. Woo-wee, I can't tell you the number of people. I was, I was listening to somebody's live the other day. And the words were so well put together, but they were so not full of faith. It was so not full of faith. They were so full of religious cliches and the amount of people in the comment section who was agreeing, you know, with, with, with you know, with, with those religious cliches, not even realizing they were putting themselves in alignments with them, you know, saying stuff like, you know, you, you never know what God going to do or, or, or God had to break you down to build you up. I mean, it's just all of these religious sayings and, and, and none of that stuff is biblical. So you got to be careful about, about what a religious traditions you allow in your life. Like God can't bless you unless you're going through. Where did you get that from? I don't read that anywhere in the word of God. That in order for you to be able to be 
uh, blessed, God got to put you through something. God got to take your mama or God got to take your child in order for him to raise you up to a next level. Listen, stop it. Stop the madness. Religious traditions are a major blessing blocker in the body of Christ. Some of the songs we sing, not here, but some of the songs they sing other places, they don't even line up with the word of God. I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. Who told you that? Because when I read about a mountain, it says that we can speak to the mountain and that it shall be moved. Not that we got to climb up the rough side of it. Who told you to climb? That's why you're getting beat up because you're climbing when you ought to be speaking. The sad part is that most believers don't even know that they've bought into these lies. It's become such a tradition for them. It's just what they believe. Why? Because if it's taught in church, it must be true. That's not necessarily true. It's why we say all the time, it does matter where you go to church. It does matter where you go to church. You got to learn to obliterate the blessing blockers by having ears to hear, by having eyes to see, and a heart to understand. You got to ask the Lord to show you where there are misconceptions in your thinking. What may be hindering you from walking into the blessings that he's already proclaimed for you? Valley says some of the character building could easily be resolved in therapy and not God talking. <laughs> and, and not that, that's true. Therapy is, is there's nothing wrong with therapy. There is nothing wrong with therapy. Why? Because your brain is like a computer. If you've been hardwired, amen, to believe something, then it's going to take some work to stop unbelieving it. And hearing a message one time is not going to be the, the thing that undoes it. Sometimes you need to go to a professional, a professional. And watch, I'll say this, and I'm going to make some people mad, but, I, but, but it's okay because you can't come for me. Understand. Every pastor is not, is, is not uh, equipped to deal with every problem. There are some people who come to me and I say, you know what? I'm not qualified for this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, licensed, uh, a, a licensed counselor or therapist. You need someone with training, a professional to help you. If you broke your arm, would you come to me and say, pastor, I need my arm reset? No, you go to a doctor. If you was having issues with your teeth, would you come up here and be like, Pastor, I, I have some dental issues. I, I need you to, to take care of that. No, you would go to a dentist. When I, when I have problem and I needed new contacts, I, I went to an eye doctor. So the same thing is true. There are some emotional issues, some damage maybe that has been caused by others in your life, and, and you need some professional help to get those dealt with. Now, don't get me wrong. God can undergird you and will undergird you as you work through those things. Amen? So you got to get rid of everything that's been holding you back. All the wrong thinking. And you got to break forth into your victory. And you got to live in the land of the good and the plenty. You got to live in the land of the good and the plenty. I like that. Don't let pride interfere with your deliverance. Don't let pride interfere with your deliverance. Let's look at these last two scriptures. And I'm gonna get out your way. Hebrews 12, one through four. It says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. 
It says, let us then lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that has been set before us. But I love verse two. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three says, for consider him when you're going through, when you're, when you're about to have a pity party, when you're, when you're about to give up. He says, consider Jesus for he that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, least you be weary. And faint in your minds. He says, listen, don't you dare give up, cave in, or quit. Verse 4 says, you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. He says, if Jesus could go through what he went through so that you could go through this little thing you're going through, you better not give up. You better not quit. You better not cave in. You better not talk about you don't know how you're going to make it. Were you put on the cross? Did you carry the sins of the world? Where, did, did you have to resist to the degree that blood began to pour down your face like sweat? He says you need to consider what Jesus went through and then you need to stand up on your feet. You need to throw your shoulders back. You need to set yourself. You need to tell the devil he can't win because you've already won and you need to act like God has already blessed you because he has. Because he has. Proverbs 4, 23 and 27 says this. It says keep Vigilant watch over your heart. Don't you let doubt, fear, and unbelief, worry, and anxiety come into your heart. He says, stand watch over it. You got to stand watch over your heart like it was like it was Fort Knox, like all the gold in the world was contained in it. You got to guard it with everything in you. He says, why? He says, because that's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. We used to say it like this: you talking out the side of your neck. Stop talking out the side of your neck. He says, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Don't talk about how you bless one time and then how you not bless the next time. He says, avoid all of that careless banter. He says, stop with the white lies and the gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. And I love this. Ignore all what? Side show distractions. This economy is a sideshow distraction. They're talking about inflation, sideshow distraction. How high gas is getting, sideshow distraction. My spouse acting up, sideshow distraction. My kids not listening, sideshow distraction. They wilding on my job, sideshow distraction. He says, keep your eyes straight ahead and ignore all of the sideshow distractions. He says, watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right or left. All you need to do is to leave evil in the dust. That's all you got to do, baby, is leave evil in the dust. He says, watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth. Why? Because depending on the lens you're looking at that road with, it can appear bumpy. It can appear unpaid. 
It can appear narrow with, with potholes and pitfalls in it. He says, but if you will watch your step, in other words, I'm watching what God say. I'm moving as God say move. He says, when you do that, that thing will stretch out in front of you. It'll become so smooth and so broad. He says, the way will open up. He says, and all you have to do is be careful not to do what Peter did. He says, don't you look to the left. Don't you look to the right. He says, all you need to do is to move with purpose so that you can leave evil in the dust. Somebody make that, that declaration. Say, I leave evil in the dust. I leave evil in the dust. Listen, you got to eradicate them blessing blockers. This is your year of great progress. This is your year of supernatural prosperity. This is your year of amazing surprises. This is your year to be on top and not beneath. You need to leave evil in the dust. I leave it behind. I leave it behind. What is evil? Anything contrary to God? Anything contrary to God is evil. I leave evil in the dust. My obedience is so quick. I burn rubber on evil. I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm down the track. Why? Because I don't have any time to have anything blocking the blessings in my life. I eradicate every blessing blocker in my life. And watch this. God, I give you permission to tell me if there's something in my life operating as a blessing blocker. That's right. I watch my step and that road in front of me just stretches out. Whatever God's called you to to seem difficult, when you start to obey him, it just stretches out in front of you. Nice and smooth. Not, listen, everybody know, nobody likes driving on a road full of potholes, full of, full of uneven surfaces. Nobody likes driving on roads like that. Sometimes when we're traveling and we go from one state to the next, we're like, whoa, this state need to fix their roads. I ain't going to call no name, but it's a couple of states need to fix their roads. <laughs> Why? Because you don't like driving on them. And then you literally leave one state and go to the next state where that sign says you have now entered into X and the road just gets smooth. You're like, whoo, I'm glad to be out of that state. I want you to move out of the state of living your life on a bumpy road. I want you to move with speed and purpose into living a life that is stretched out and smooth before you. And if you'll make the decision to do that, I'm telling you, we'll, by, by the time we get to June, I, I, listen, I, I have to contain myself because of what God has done January, February, March. <laughs> April, May, and June, baby. They laughing in the studio because some of them know, listen, listen, when we get to June, I might have to get a seatbelt on this seat I'm sitting in. So when I start to preach, I don't, I don't, I don't just take off running and, and, and miss out. God is doing great things, not just in my life, but in yours too. If you will eradicate these blessing blockers from your life, can we go together? Mitra said blast off. Can we blast off together? Can we all grow and become, and I mean, have a, have a whole service where we just, just testify at the end of the year of all of the amazing things God has done for us.
Whoo, glory to God. Listen, I thank y'all for being here. Let me run through the announcements real quick. Glory to God. Listen, let's just start on Monday. We know on Mondays we have um, strategies, uh, strategies for success at noon, 12 o'clock noon, Central Standard Time. We have strategies for success with Pastor Shun. She does that from her personal page and from her, pro and from her uh, professional page. Listen, join her on, on, on Mondays when she does Strategy for Success. She's always dropping nuggets. She does some other pop-ups during the week, uh, but, but, but catch her on noon on Mondays. And then on Tuesdays, join us for, for prayer at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen, something supernatural happens when we pray. Don't neglect prayer. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I know. I know. I know that God's going to do amazing things, but, but we still have to pray those things in. We still pray them in. Why? Because we declare God's word over this earth. Because we know that we have an adversary who wants to try to block us, but he can't win. God's word is too good, especially when we operate in it. Then on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., we have Victory Zone. We have Victory Zone and On Demand. Of course, Victory Zone. We have Ignite at 7 p.m. and Victory Zone. Victory Zone is On Demand. Uh, you get more information about that by visiting the website. Listen, uh, those students who are in Ignite, uh, I've been talking to several of you. You've been excited about what y'all have been learning. And so I, I thank our teachers for doing that, for keeping that up, for keeping in contact with them. Listen, we're coming back, right? We're coming back. We're going to get a chance to have service on Easter. And so uh, we in invite your teams to come. It'd be great for them to all see each other rather than just being on Zoom. And then on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m., we have Pastor Ralph for Refreshed Bible Study. Uh, always a good word, always a relevant word, always a word that'll help you live your life better. Amen. And then on Fridays, we have Champion Circle at 6.30 p.m. Uh, we ask you to get up and to join us. Again, something supernatural happens when we pray. And I appreciate it. I think we had 88 people on this past week. I went back and uh, watched the replay because I wasn't able to be on there. Uh, but we had 88 people on there, I believe, at one point. Listen. Join us for Friday prayer if you can, and not just because you're sleeping in. If you're at work, I understand that. But if, if, if you're at home, set your alarm and join us, all right? And then, of course, we'll be back here next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday will be uh, the week before Easter, the week before Easter. So join Pastor Chris in Elder Valley at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time uh, with Kristen Valley uh, Worships. If you haven't liked her page, go do so. Uh, so, so you can be on there when she comes on at nine. I love it because as soon as she came live, it popped right up on my phone, uh, and I got the notification. And then after that, uh, I believe next Sunday, my wife will be back with me. She's been out the last two weeks. She's ministering, uh, in Little Rock actually this, uh, this morning. So, uh, online Sunday service celebration with Pastor Edwin and Sean Strickland. That's us. We'll be back here at 930. Again, don't forget to join us for service, uh, on Easter service. There's multiple ways to give. Listen, if you've been slacked off on your tithing, on your giving, today is the day to get back on track. Don't let that be a blessing blocker for you. Don't let the good life stop you from living the great life. Don't stop because you got a little money now. Uh, now you stop being faithful. Don't do it. Don't let the enemy trick you. Go, go as soon as you can. Go to GiveLify, to push pay, to tithely, to text to give. Uh, and, and sow that seed. Uh, if, if you ain't sold in, a, in, a, in several weeks and you know you ain't sold and you ain't gave in several weeks, make it up today. Do it. Get back in line. Don't give the enemy any place to play in your life, especially with your finances. Be obedient to God. If you are an international partner, meaning you don't live in the uh, 48 contiguous United States or Hawaii or Alaska, the 50 states, if you don't live there, if you live anywhere other than that, you can use PayPal. 
just go to focchurchnwa at gmail.com. But if you are outside the United States, if you're in Canada, you're in South America, you're in Europe, Asia, Australia, uh, wherever you are, uh, Africa, make sure that you are using that PayPal, that PayPal link so that you can also be a sower. Amen. Listen, I think that's all of our announcements. We talked about Easter service. I praise God for you guys being here today. Praise God for you hanging in there. Listen, go back and look at those blessing blockers, okay? Check how you're seeing things. Check how you're seeing things. Make sure you're using the right words. Make sure you're giving. Make sure you're not worrying. Uh, and then make sure, you know, that you are doing the things necessary to get all of those blockers out of your life. Make sure you register if you haven't done that. All right, I think that's it. God bless you. We love you guys. We will see you here on Tuesday night for sure. Hopefully you guys will see Pastor Sean on Monday because you'll join him for that. Remember those four things we talked about? Remember those four things? I don't want to be remiss. We said that we wanted you to make a commitment to come to every single service you could. What do I mean by could? It means you're breathing. <laughs> every service you can, every service that you are breathing, we want you to commit to not miss one, all right? The second thing we said is, man, it's so important for you to read your word daily. Read your word every single day, right? And then we talked about the importance of coming and praying in tongues every day, uh, at least an hour a day. And we said, well, Pastor, a whole, Pastor Edwin, a whole hour? Five minutes, you know, as many times a day as it takes to get to an hour, 20 minutes, as much as it takes to get to an hour. 30 minutes, whatever it is, 15 minutes, five here, seven there, whatever, but an hour a day, practice developing that discipline to pray in tongues. And then lastly, take communion. You don't have to wait. We'll do communion on Easter Sunday together as a collective, but you don't have to wait to Easter Sunday to take communion. You don't have to wait to Easter Sunday to take communion. You can take communion as often as you want because what you're doing is just remembering the awesome things that Jesus did by giving up his body and his blood for us. Amen. And so just encourage you to do those four things. Um, be a person of integrity. You know, if you say you're going to do something, do it. You say you're going to not miss a service, then don't miss unless you absolutely can't help it. Amen. Absolutely can't help it. You're sick. You're you at work. You get taken care of somebody or something like that, you know, but it's, it's virtual. So you can always just kind of pop it on on your phone. Most people have their phones with them all the time anyway. Amen. All right. We love you guys. Take care. Have a blessed week.